Welcome to The Vital Point. I'm your host, Jonathan Schechter. If you are interested in transformational work, such as plant medicine, psychedelics, breath work, meditation, somatic practices, cold exposure, yoga, and more, then my friends, you are in the right place. Welcome to The Vital Point, the podcast that is for practitioners as well as people new to transformational work looking curiously for more information and guidance. So if you are new to this type of work, uh, welcome. I'm your host, Jonathan Schechter. I am an integration coach and breathwork facilitator. I've also been meditating for about 20 years and um, do some mindfulness instruction as well. So this podcast um, brings you leaders in the fields of transformational work, whether that's um, psychedelics and plant medicine work, breath work, or a myriad of other types of modalities. And my goal with this podcast is to not only introduce you to new modalities and practices, but help spark your curiosity to go out and actually practice them. So I hope you enjoy today's episode of the show. My guest on today's episode is Jenny Rumancic, known on Instagram as The EQ School. Jenny is an emotional intelligence and a trauma worker, a facilitator, educator, and the founder of the EQ School, where she teaches emotional intelligence, regulation, um, healing from trauma, and relational development. So I really like this episode. We get into some cool stuff like how the stories that we tell ourselves are actually running our lives and what we can do to start to overcome that and build emotional intelligence. So hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of The Vital Point. Um, my name is Jonathan Schechter, and this podcast is for you if you are interested in transformational practices, um, curious about starting new ones, or you know, a practitioner of these different types of practices, psychedelic work, uh, breath work, uh, hypnotherapy, all these wonderful modalities that we have. And so Today, I'm really excited uh, about our guest because I feel like what she, um, her work and the work that she posts about is something that we come to within the transformational practice. Like not necessarily like you might not go into a plant medicine ceremony, like specifically saying, I need emotional regulation, but um, at some point, you're going to come across the need for it and, and do some work around it as part of your, your journey. So, um, Jen Romantic, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad to, to have you here. So, Jen is the owner of the EQ School, where she teaches um, online workshops in emotional intelligence, uh, emotional regulation, healing trauma, and relational development. Did I, did I cover it there? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of all over the map. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So how did you, how did you get started with that work? It's funny. It's kind of, it's been a long time in the making. Um, so I guess the story starts with, I grew up in a family that had a lot of chaos. <laughs> and so then as I moved into adulthood, I've been doing 
therapy and personal growth work and like that, all of that always on the side. And then professionally, I started my career as an educator, as a high school teacher. I moved into tech and then I actually moved into advertising and went to a graduate program that looked at not only like, how do we be creative? How do we um, how do we do good work? How do we look to, to the future and be innovative? But it was like, how do we embrace our whole, whole selves as a part of that? So how do you see how your blind spots impact the work that you're doing? How do you get into healthy conflict with other people like in this process? Because that's where we do actually really, really good and important work is by like learning how to be in difficult conversations with other people. So in that program, I got way more out of that side of it, which is like, how do I actually understand how my, who I am, like, what, what do I bring to all of my experiences in the world and how do I, um, create space for other people's and how do we talk about that in relation to the professional world? Because it's all inter interrelated. And that was the first time that I'd really had that like laid out is like, no, yeah, it's okay to talk about who you are like in the workplace and, and yeah. those types of things. And so that paved the way for me to create this program um, which is helping people develop emotional intelligence, which is knowing and understanding yourself and your background and your triggers and your values and what motivates you. And then going forward, how do you take that information and learn how to like bring it into your life? How do you understand how your, your life experiences impact your life for better and for worse and make choices that can help you like manage that <laughs> because right. you know life <laughs> i've said this to someone recently is like life is just a series of good and bad experiences and so if you don't learn how to navigate those emotionally like you're gonna have a real hard time so yeah definitely and i think that's a good segue into kind of what i wanted to talk about on this episode mm -hmm. um you know you said life is a series of good and bad events and it's how we process them. Right. And, um, that's been, so, so there's been these posts that you've had recently that have just so clearly resonated with me. And they're uh, basically about two different things. One of them is like about the stories mm -hmm. and the narratives that we're, we're telling ourselves. So like, you know, I guess in a way you could say the difference between, um, how we experience those events in our lives has a lot to do with the stories that we tell ourselves about it and the stories that our body is telling us based on our past experiences, 100%. right? Yeah. So like, um, I'd love to get a little bit more into that. And then, um, you know, sort of as like a second part of it, the part where I was like, oh my God, this is just speaking to me so clearly uh, was a post recently where you said, the reason you're struggling to do the work to change is because the habits that create that aren't serving you anymore are still bringing you comfort in some way by meeting a need. Mm -hmm. And again, going back to like those narratives that, that we tell ourselves and like um, the reason that I think that emotional intelligence work is so important is because we come to transformational work for, for a reason, right? Like we're either trying to heal something or we're trying to develop ourselves authentically. Mm -hmm. And inevitably we run into roadblocks and there's frustration. Like, why can't I make these changes actually stick? And to me, a huge unlock of that is like, well, it's because of the stories that we're telling ourselves and the state of our nervous system as we try to make changes in our life, as we try to expand. 100%. And so like you, like your content was just like, oh yes, it just completely speaks to me. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, in regard to stories, I mean, humans are just narrative creatures. Everything is a story. I mean, just even look at, you know, coming from advertising, like everything is crafted into a narrative that we can relate to in some way, shape or form. And just as humans, we always fill in the context with our own experience. So we do a really interesting exercise in that in one of my workshops that shows you like with very little information, you're going to create a full story in your mind about what something means. And so Mm -hmm. part of this work that that I help people with is developing self-awareness about what what are you filling in there? Like, how does your past experience, what are you adding to the story? Because when you start to be able to see that, like, oh, I'm adding this, and that's not maybe the actual truth of the situation, you can put some space between what's actually happening, you know, and, like, how you feel and, like, who you are. And so when we can put space in it, then we create space for change, for other things to happen. But if your story is just, like, I'm bad because X, Y, and Z, like if you're so wrapped up in it and your feelings are so tied to it, it's really hard to create that space for actual change to happen. So being able to like be in constant (laughs) relationship with your stories and to recognize like what lens am I adding to this um, can be a really helpful tool for, for changing. Yeah, definitely. So like what 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 would be one way that people can start to develop that kind of awareness around the stories that they're telling themselves? Well, I even just have everybody start with like looking at all the big cultural narratives that have influenced us. So I mean, we the like one of the simple ones that we hear talked about all the time is like gender roles and it's like who were we told? What were we told about what women need to be and what men need to be? And how has that influenced your life? And it mm-hmm. has. And so from these big stories, too, that are created, then we have rules, too, like these rules that that determine, like, what we're supposed to be doing. And if we break the rule, we end up having, like, really, really bad feelings about it, oftentimes, or feelings of shame or feelings of, like, I'm a disappointment now because I'm not following this rule from this greater story. So I think the easiest place to start is starting to look at, like, the bigger, higher cultural ones that we've all been following. And then from there, we can get in closer and closer and realize, like, I mean, even stories about like, uh, you know, to, to get respect, you have to earn it. Like, that's a story too. Like, and that mm. there are a lot of things like that that affect us deeply, that it's like, well, I haven't earned this. So no, one, I, I don't deserve people's respect. And it's like, that's, that's a story. That's not true. Like as a human being, you absolutely deserve to be respected for who you are. So yeah we just kind of start to look at all of them and then piece them apart and see like, what are some of the rules that come out of that, that end up making you feel, you know, that end up in, in affecting you emotionally in a big and important way. I I love like how the story can be, it's so relative, right? Like two different people can experience the same event and process it and experience it completely differently. And like one person, it could really drag them down, you know, and and get them into some sort of personal quagmire. Another person that's like going to help them rise, you know. And so like, um, you know, within my work, it's so important just acknowledging that element of how we experience our life through stories. And then also just reminding people like we have the power to change that narrative. And like within that change and within that perspective shift, is a lot of the, you know, a lot of what you're looking for, because you can, you can take this tragedy and turn it into a triumph. You know, you have the, do you have the ability to like reframe those stories and like actually create strength and create purpose um, 
so many of the people that I know, like in the healing and transformational space are there because of their own stories, mm-hmm. you know, like of, of turning those, the, that, that adversity into something that's a strength and into something that they want to help um, share with others because it's like, oh man, like once you kind of get out of that swamp, you just want to help other people like, yeah. you know, ex- extend your hand. Yeah. Well, in another place that I, I love to have people start too is by doing work around like identifying your values and what's really important to you and then doing work around just paying attention to what gives you energy and what takes energy from you. And so becoming more connected with your body because Mm. so many of us have been taught, you know, to be externally focused on what's going on with everyone else and to be good and whatever. And that means we've created this disconnect between our own, like paying attention to what's working for us and what isn't. And some of those, it's, it's just funny what comes out of some of those, uh, some people experience within that because you're just like, whoa, I didn't realize that that kind of thing affected me so deeply. And it's just a little part of my day. And like learning how to actually be in connection with yourself and with your body is really, really big and important. Um, mm. and many of us get away from that. Yeah, definitely. So like, what would be, what would be like a method that you work with your clients on in terms of building that awareness and staying within your body? Is there any specific practice you could share? Well, one of the exercises is just tracking. It's like tracking mm. throughout the week and we have like a sheet and you check and you look and you, after everything you do, you just like do a body scan and it's like, did that give me energy or take it away? And just like starting to just make it a regular practice, mm. make it more of a habit to check in and see what's going on and scanning where's their tension, like what's going on here. Um, and just noticing, because noticing is just such a big part of this. Um, cause we want to go into overanalyzing and overthinking and whatever first. And it's like, first is just presence, right? Just being present with yourself and seeing what's there without judgment. And that's a hard part too, because whenever we're starting, people are just like, Oh, but I should do be doing this and I should be doing that. And it's like, there's no judgment around it. And so this right. is coming back to the other post you liked. It's like everything that we do, the habits that we have, we do because they need a need of ours in some way, shape mm-hmm. or form, especially if they're things that we do a lot. Like there's something that we learned that meet a need for us. And so don't judge yourself for that. It's like we're highly adaptable creatures. And so we've learned how to do things to meet needs, whether it is to calm our nervous system, whether it's to feel safe. And it might not be serving you anymore. It's not serving you anymore. And you can see that now, but you couldn't see that at one point. And that's okay. But that's the the, the like letting go of some of the judgment around it is going to actually help you move through it too we're all doing the best we can at the time, you know, we can't punish ourselves for not knowing what we didn't know back then. It's just a matter of like, Hey, now that I see this, I have the the sovereignty to, to change it. It's my, it's my accountability. It's my responsibility to, to then take control of that and like, and work to change it. Yeah. Well, and one thing from the, from the post that you mentioned too, or maybe one of the recent ones is that, Two needs that I think are important to mention are that we all have a need for certainty and like stability in some way, shape, and form. And we all have a need for significance, like feeling important in some way, shape, or form. So what's because some people might ask, like, well, if I'm always telling myself these stories that you might beat myself up, like what purpose does that serve? Like what need is that serving? Mm. And the need that it serves is often significance. It's often that if I'm the only one who doesn't have what I want, if I'm the worst person at this, I'm significant in some way. And so that gives you a sense of like, 
sense of being important. Yeah. But it's not. But when you could realize, like, oh, I'm doing that because it, like, gives me a sense of, of self and who I am and ownership in this world. But it's like, but that's not the one that I want. So maybe I need to rewrite right. the story and start telling a different way, a different one that helps me feel important in a different way. Yeah, for me, for me, like in in my journey, like I discovered how much or how much of a story that I had around having to be busy, having to having to basically prove myself by providing some sort of value all the time. Mm -hmm. And like, who who am I when I'm not doing that? And a lot of the inquiry and the awareness into doing that work was becoming aware of like how overbearing my inner critic was. Like how much that part of me was just like front and center, driving the bus, in charge of everything. And I, this one day I just said, well, what would happen if I like let that part know that it can sit in the back for a while? And I had such good intentions for that. It seemed so innocent. And what I really discovered was like that the role that that inner critic was playing in the stories that I tell myself, in that, like, you have to be doing something all the time, otherwise people aren't going to love you. Yeah. Otherwise people are going to leave you, you know? And, like, that inner critic was doing that job of, like, hey, let's stay busy. We want to stay lovable. We want people yeah. to, to care about us, you know? So it's, like, it's a very, um, I think sometimes it's a, it's a complicated thing to kind of unravel, like, what those parts are, what the, you know, what, what needs are actually needing to be served. Yeah. And then and being well, able to like sit with that uncomfortability. Yeah. And and the way that we look at it with like significance and and certainty is like there are needs that need to be served. But if we prioritize especially those two over everything else, we're going to be unhappy. Hmm. And so it's like we do need to feel important and we can find other ways that are in alignment with our values. So that's why I start with like what gives you energy and what do you value and what's important to you? Because then we can keep redirecting it back to, you know, like an example I give is um, gossiping, like people who gossip and like catch themselves in there and feel bad about it. And it's like, well, what, why do you do that? You probably do that to feel important in some way and to connect with other people. And it's like, okay, if you can understand the core of it is like, I want to feel like seen and important and like have important information. And I also want to connect with people. It's like, well, you can find different ways to connect with people. Maybe we could work on finding a different way for you to feel significant and seen with people. But when we can understand, like, hmm, I'm doing this thing, but why, what is it doing for me? It can help us kind of figure out and feel less guilty, too, I think, about why we're doing it. And it's like, okay, I can give myself a break here and see what else is possible. Yeah, I love that practice of just become like, starting with the awareness. You know, it's it's so funny how that just snowballs into so much, so many other things, like even with the mundane, right? Like there's the, that old cliche of like, if you think about like a particular color car, you start seeing it everywhere. And so, yeah, yeah just the, the same thing, like we're bringing awareness to these parts of ourselves and then that just opens up to, to so much more and continues to, to open up. And to that point of the car thing, it's like, that's why it's also really important that we tell different stories or stories that serve us and are in alignment with like who we actually want to be and looking at like, uh, yeah, because if we're looking for evidence that we are bad, lazy, whatever, we're going to find it. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to turn things. We're going to take that story and like, make sure that we see it. Um, so it's just like such a, a good point of, we do see what we look for. 
Yeah, I love that you brought that up in terms of like creating a story of who we want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, like that that's such an important point is like we don't have to be imprisoned by those stories. Now, it's an oversimplification to say like, cool, I can just change the narrative in my head and every, reality is just going to flow along with that. But that's the reason that like I always t- tell people like start with a mindfulness practice because if you can bring mindfulness and awareness of what's happening in your body and your mind into your daily life, a lot of the noise, a lot of the chatter is going to fall away. And what's going to be left is like the nervous system stuff, those narratives that really do need to be addressed before the change can actually take effect and grow and start to, you know, the story can change into this person of like who you want to be. Yeah. And many of the our stories that like really deeply hurt us too just like aren't true um <laughs> uh, the because oftentimes when they really hurt and they're ongoing and they're like the underlying core of everything they're usually connected to our worth in some way like that i'm just not good enough and i can't have this thing and that's that's just inherently not true like you're not unworthy of love you're not inherently broken. Like those things just cannot be true. And when we can finally, at least intellectually start to recognize that. And then we notice when that story comes up, at least we can start like pushing it away, putting distance between the story and who we are and being able to like, yes, that's a story and it's coming up. And no, I don't have to believe it right now. And then go into the emotional spiral that it usually brings. Um, and that's in, in my emotional self-management workshop. We do a lot of we do we do a lot of work in looking at stories and teasing out stories and the rules that come from our stories. And then we go into looking at our emotional patterning because we all have emotional places that we go. And so coming back to our stories, and because we are creatures of habit, we go into places where we go to emotions quickly and we go to stories that are tied to that emotion quickly and we can stay stuck in this kind of spiral in that emotional place. And so the better we get at recognizing and being aware of where do I tend to go and what do I tend to do and what does it tend to look like, we can start like wedging in like, okay, I know what this is, you know, and I know, and I, okay, is this what I want to do right now? And sometimes you're still going to do it. But the awareness, like you said, developing the awareness first is eventually you're going to get to a point to be like, I know where this leads and this isn't what I want to do right now. (laughs) So I need right. to figure out something else. But if we, again, if we don't have the awareness of what our patterns are, then it's really hard to break them. Yeah. Sh- Sherilyn Sunshine said something about um, kind of not like, kind of like not living in the past, right? So like those stories are sort of like programs running in the background, triggering us in these different ways until we can actually like have awareness of them and work through them emotionally. So that they're not running, you know, in the background anymore. Like, oh, okay, I have this pattern or I have this um, story based on this past experience. And I think that's one of those fun things about human nature, right? Is like a lot of the stories that we have told ourselves come from this time in our life where we were so young that we didn't really have the cognitive hardware to like understand that the meaning that we were making out of these events really is not the only reality. Yeah. You know, we, when we're child, when we're children, we're so self-absorbed to a certain extent because we don't have like empathy and awareness that we the are. world doesn't, are, right. Yeah. But we don't have a, that awareness that the world's not revolving around us. And at some point 
that's going to be disappointed. And then like, you know, how we, how we interpret that, how we process that really has a huge effect on like other things down, down the road. And that's, Um, yeah, it's not until about the age, somewhere between four and five for most children is when they start to develop, you start to realize like, I'm not the center of everybody's universe. Like, oh, they're the center of their own universe is like, and that's, a good four or five years is a long time. So if before that, if you had parents who, if you lost a parent or your parents got divorced, or even like having parents who had to work a lot who couldn't be around, like before that, you probably interpreted that as like, it's something about me that people couldn't meet my needs. And so that's the other thing about stories is like the earlier that they happened and the more emotionally significant that they were, the harder it is to see that it's a story and not an actual truth. And so... It can be it can be real tough to see that like this isn't this isn't just the truth. This is like just a, a thing that happened when I was so young and I was like my brain was developing so quickly that I just internalized it. Yeah. <laughs> there was um during my breathwork facilitator training, um, we did a lot of this fractal psychology work and this there was this really um moving section to me where we talked about like, you know, being if basically like if you had brothers and sisters no matter how great of a life you had no matter how much your parents provided for you physically emotionally mentally all those things like you can't help but feel betrayed and feel um you know abandoned and feel like um you know lost at some point because you literally went from the situation where you were the center of the universe to now you have to share the spotlight with somebody else. And how dare that person take that attention and that love away from you? And this is like, you know, this is your brothers or your sisters, like your family. And like, of course, as an adult, you would never like look at it that way. Yeah. But we we have this imprint, you know, of this experience of like, well, wait, now what what happened to this love? Yeah. You know, and, and it's it's such a powerful example of like how these small things can really have big, big impacts on us. Well, there's two things I want to get to Louise's comment in a second, but I also, to that point, I also want to say that like for parents, it's so important that children do experience adversity. It is a part of developing as a human because coming back to that earlier statement of like (laughs) life is good experiences and bad experiences. And if we don't learn tools for resiliency and not just adapting so that we don't actually like, you know, uh, process the emotion and move through it, but we have to learn how to become resilient to things. And that's a parent's job to like allow a child to experience it, but support them through it and help them actually learn how to feel their feelings and that it's okay for them. It's okay for us to experience adversity. Um, and it's when we don't actually move through the emotion and we don't process it. That's when it stays with us for such a long time when we make it about who we are. But one thing Louise said is she said, stories connected to specific emotions can cheat. You believe that they're proof of the validity of the emotion. And I think that's a good point, too, that, like, uh, the whole idea of, like, valid emotions and invalid emotions being, like, just not, like, get that out of your head because all emotions, all emotions are valid because emotions are just, like, response to stimuli. Like, we just have emotional reactions and we have them all the time. And so it's not like some are okay and some aren't. Because our emotions are just trying to give us information and tell us, like, whether we're in danger or whether a need is being met. 
And I think this is what you're getting at, Louise, is that if we've experienced trauma, sometimes our emotions are telling us that things aren't safe or that things aren't okay when they when they actually probably are but it's and this is coming back to why it's so important to understand how our experiences shape our experiences of or our reactions to the world and so it's not that your emotions are invalid it's just like the story that might be coming up with the emotion just needs to be looked at you need to look at what is your need beneath what's what you're feeling and that's a practice and it's a practice that can be developed does that make yeah. sense? <laughs> Definitely made sense to me. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, it's like um, having awareness that there's no inherent meaning behind anything. It's just the meaning that we assign to it. Yeah. You know, and and different people are going to assign different meanings and different stories depending on their life experience, depending on the stories that they experienced previously, mm-hmm. um, depending on their upbringing and, and so many other, you know, factors. Like, I, I think that's one of the, for me, like one of the amazing things about, you know, this transformational work is like seeing the different layers that build into those stories, you know, the uh, generational trauma, the cultural um, stories, like you said, um, the things, you know, like going back and looking at, what was my, what were my grandparents like? What were my great grandparents like? What were their parents like? And like actually putting myself in their situation of like, wow, what kind of stories did they experience and then pass on through my lineage? Mm-hmm. You know, so there's, there's so many different layers and levels um, to uncover. But really to kind of boil it down, I would say coming back into that awareness, getting still and being. Um, just aware of like what those stories are and how you're feeling. Like you said, like tapping into, does this make me feel good or does this make me feel depleted, mm-hmm. you know? And and then starting from there, knowing that we can, that we have the ability to rewrite those stories and change those narratives. Mm-hmm. Did I, do you think I got that right? Yeah, and it, <laughs> it takes, it, it does take some effort and it takes yeah, some time. Uh, definitely. But it's definitely possible. And that's a story that you have to, you know, you have to switch. It's possible for me to get better at this. Cause mm. a lot of people will just think I'm broken and things, certain things happen to me and I'm not going to be able to do this. But the beautiful thing is like all of this, the data and the science that we're finding is that you can heal your nervous system. You can actually change and come back if you've experienced big trauma, even in very early parts of your life. So do you think it's helpful to leave yourself reminders of like those reframing narratives, like in places like, like you just said, you know, you, you, like I am worthy, like, you know, things like that, like things that you're working on, like just to remind you and like sort of insert those little director's notes, let's say into your story. It, this is one of those things that I, I'm like, everyone is so different in what helps them. And so sometimes it might be like someone, someone who reminds you, I know I've gone through phases where I put up notes and then I just don't even see them, <laughs> Right. you know, after like two days. So I think it's like, and this is why in all of my workshops, I do so much work around like becoming self-aware of what works for you because it's going to be different mm-hmm. for all of us. And that's also why like, and I get reminded by this from my students often is like, there's no one way and that's okay. Yeah. Like you might come in and find a couple of these things don't resonate with you, but that's why we try a bunch of different ones to see like, well, what sticks and what actually feels like it's moving the needle for you. Um, 
So that is one, one way that I know does help a lot of people is making notes and writing things and visually, because it also depends on the type of learner I think we are too. It's like, mm. how do we take in things, you know, auditorily or visually or, but I yeah. think it's a good idea. Yes. Well, I think that's such a great point just to kind of like put a bow on it. Uh, the, the most important practices are the ones that work for you. And that, that's kind of like the point that that's the vital point to me is like, you've got to go and practice. Like you got to go and figure out the yeah. things that work for you because not everything's going to work for you. And it's all about like finding those practices that resonate and some, you know, even the things that work for you or the things that you align with, like you just mentioned might change through, through your life and through your process, you know, like, yeah. um, so just having, having those different resources, having those different tools and being curious, you know, to go out and, and try new things. So I think that's a good segue into kind of wrapping this up. So where can people find out more about your work or, you know, um, you know, go to work with you to, to learn this emotional intelligence? Yeah, well, my website is www.theeqschool.co, but you can find it all on my Instagram in my link in the bio there. Um, but I teach live workshops that are like four or five weeks long. And then I also have online courses that you can go through. Um, yep. To work awesome. Emotional intelligence. Yeah. Well, well, thank you so much, Jen, for yeah. sharing your experience and your, your work with us today. Um, I hope it inspires the people listening to um, check you out or at the very least, like get in and learn more about emotional intelligence and um, just really start to unpack those narratives that they're, that they're telling themselves. Um, it's, it's a very worthwhile um, practice. Um, it's something that's definitely been a huge part of my journey. So I really appreciate your time and, and your knowledge here today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was really fun to, to chat with you about it. Yeah. And thank you so much to the people in the live, um, your comments and, and your questions. Um, definitely keep those coming um, for future episodes. I love the interactivity. That's kind of why I wanted to do this podcast on IG live rather than just like recording it on zoom and uploading it. So yeah, with that said, um, thank you guys so much for joining. And if you're listening to this on a podcast platform, please subscribe and like, leave reviews. They definitely help. And um, follow the EQ School and Blue Magic Alchemy on Instagram for more um, information on transformational practice. So thanks, everybody, for joining today. Thanks for checking out another episode of the podcast. I hope that you not only enjoyed it, but that you feel inspired to go and do some practice of your own. You know, whether that is something that is a part of your regular routine, like meditation or breath work, or trying something new, like uh, taking an ice bath or starting a new mindset practice. Maybe you feel curious to something that you've been called to try, you know, working with a new teacher, a new facilitator, or maybe even working with uh, psychedelics or plant medicine in whatever way is safe and legal for you where you live. My hope is that you are you know, curious and continue to expand your transformational practice and that this podcast inspires you to continue doing that. As always, if you can follow or subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on, it definitely helps. And if you can leave a review, even just a few reviews really help to push the podcast up in the algorithm 
and help make it more visible to more people. I'd love it if you shared it with your friends if you're finding it valuable or interesting. As always, follow me at Blue Magic Alchemy on Instagram, all one word. And if you're interested in learning more about breathwork or you'd like support integrating or preparing for self-development and transformational practice, reach out to me at bluemagicalchemy at gmail.com or at Instagram to set up a discovery call for Instagram coaching. Until next time, thank you, be well, and keep practicing. That's the vital point.